Hello, welcome to Kid Inspiring. Kid Inspiring is an organization with a sole aim to raise children as God. Our founding scripture is Daniel 1.17. As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. Our vision is to raise children as God, children in whom is the spirit of the only living God. Our mission would help raise children who would walk with the Holy Spirit, do the works of Christ, and execute the will of the Father as God on earth. So if you think your child is one to benefit from this, we take them from age six, seven, and you are ready to apply the pressure. Please feel free to join us on Instagram at Kit Inspiring TV, at Kit Inspiring, or on Facebook at Kit Inspiring Global. Thank you. Request that uh, we start because we said nine, we have to start for nine. But we'll expect our other participants from around the world to join in. All right, can you help with opening prayers, please? Thank you for joining in this. Okay, I have muted everybody so that uh, we can have clarity and then people join. When people join in, they don't, uh, the background noise doesn't come in. Please also note that we're recording this to share the benefit of the experience with parents that couldn't make it at this time but that would want to listen and be blessed so please we are recording it and get to uh, let us know what comes now like i said my name is tony tony nathaniel and with me are two other co-hosts coach adekomi odusonye and coach olubumi samaladeno uh the reason why we are doing what we are doing is very simple the world has changed in the last one month and the world will not be the same after all that is happening has happened. The realities of the new world means that we can't continue to do things at the same level as we are doing them. Apparently, Apostolism chimed in when he said, we cannot solve problems at the same level with which we created them. There has to be a new level. Now, because of the way the world will change, we also have to be very adaptable and flexible to how we do things. Our parent organization, uh, Etiquette Media and Kids Inspiring, help raise children to know God's word. We call them gods. That's the goal of our parent organizations. However, in the light of what has happened, many parents have had to be the teachers and the nannies and everything and then some for their children. So a couple of parents have reached out and said, is there any way we can engage our children with respect to the spiritual basis during this period? 
then Kuturubumi came up with this novel idea to have a global online meeting for parents anywhere in the world that would want to be part of what we are doing. Now, prior to now, we've always had these training sessions with parents and children on an on-site physical basis. So you come in on the, on the days of the program, and then you sit down, and you're looking at the parents, and then they are communicating with you, or you're looking at the children, and they are communicating with you. However, because of what has happened, the benefits of Zoom came to light. As an aside, I saw a report this past week about Zoom. Zoom, we've always known about Zoom, a number of us, but in the past week, the president and the prime ministers, and specifically even our local state governor, held a meeting here on Zoom online. So that's the ubiquity of what the app is becoming. And we must also be flexible enough to do things here. Now, I would want to take us to Daniel chapter 1, verse 4, verse 8, verse 17, and verse 21. If you would help me, please. Daniel chapter 1, verse 4. Yep. Please, you can just follow me. Daniel chapter 1, verse 4. going to read. I love King James Version, so you could always check in other versions. Other versions will then give you the enlightenment for you. King James is just like learning your mother's tongue. It's just so sweet. The children in whom was no blemish or well favored, is skillful in all wisdom and cunning knowledge and understanding science and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. You know, every time I read this scripture, the light just gets brighter. I don't know. Now, if you look at verse 4, it speaks about a time when children were needed to serve in Babylon. Babylon was uh, where Daniel and his friends were taken captive. Now, when they were going to be selected, there was a minimum requirement. It says, children in whom was no blemish, but well favored. For the benefit of making us understand, let me read the modern version. It said, select only strong, healthy, and good-looking young men. Make sure they are well-versed in every branch of learning. You can check this New Living Translation are gifted with knowledge and good sense and have the poise, oh, I love this word, poise, <laughs> needed to serve in the royal palace. So there's a minimal requirement to even be picked up. And, you know, many of us, we pray to God, oh, God, give me this, give me that. But you see, God is a God of order and principles. There are things God will not give us until we meet a minimum order. That was something that God was speaking to me about this past earlier in the year. It's not a matter of God not hearing your prayer. It's a matter of you more not meeting the minimum requirements. So this verse 4 typifies the kind of children that will enter the system. Now the final part talks about what they were going to be doing. He said, teach these young men the language and literature of the Babylonians. 
Now, I want you to look at that scripture again. And then the last verse, instead of Babylonians, teach these young men, or women in this case, or children now, the language and literature of the Word of God or the Bible. That summarizes all we are trying to achieve. Find strong, healthy, and good-looking children. Make sure they are well-passed in branch of learning, branches of learning. They are gifted with knowledge and good sense and have the poise needed to serve before kings. Then teach these young children them, of the Babylonians. Now, that specifies something. Someone must have brought, someone must have imputed into any child that will enter the program all of these characteristics. And I beg to submit, that's the reason why we are called parents. In our case, we call you God raises. There is a minimum standard you are required to raise your children. Train up a child in the way you should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. He said, I know Abraham, I will command his children after him. And he will teach them in righteousness, in justice, and judgment. So as parents, there's a minimum level of rest. God for this global lockdown. I mean, for, for what is what? Everything about this global lockdown has been, Father, thank you that this happened. Yes, there are reasons for other people to be sad, but I'm telling you, it's been more joy for those who have the light of God's word. So for parents, this is the time really to put to practice this verse. Now, verse 8 talks about what happens to a child that has been taught in the way of the Lord. So it's very good to have your children being taught by governesses, have them in the best of schools, give them the best of things. But there is something that happens when a child is caught in the way of the Lord, first by the parents. You have an example of Timothy, where Apostle Paul was talking about what his mother and his grandmother did, Lois and Eunice. Lois and Eunice. In verse 8, I love that verse. That's like my favorite verse in the whole of Daniel. He said, but Daniel proposed in his heart that he will not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. I mean, I'm going to stop there. Daniel made that decision. So, sirs and mans, your training of your children in the will of the Lord will help them make a decision to stand for God for life. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, talking about Timothy, which grew first in thy grandmother, Lois, and thy mother, Eunice. Look at that. There's a song I've been listening to the past uh, probably 24 hours or so. It says, May his favor be upon you a thousand generations and your family and their children and their children. This is what happens 
when a parent decides to raise their children with God an unfaith faith that is indeed so I beg to say Daniel had an unfaith faith even when he was in the most corrupt nation on the earth if you go to Revelation you will see that the Babylonian system was also transposed to the Revelation where God was saying he was going to judge Babylon oh Babylon oh Babylon so even in the worst nation in the earth the unfaith faith of Daniel that I can tell you was in either his mother or his grandmother brought him to make that decision in verse 8. Daniel purposed in his heart. Ma says, he did not say it. He just determined. Joseph said, how can I do this wicked thing and sin against God? Verse 4 leads to verse 8. So I'm bringing to you the fourth dimension of raising a God. I've told you the first dimension. Children that are raised like that are raised in the way of God. And then verse 8, parents that decide to stand for God. Now we'll go to verse 17. It says, Ask for these four children. Listen to this. The number of them, uh, biblical history says that by a thousand of them that came in from Israel when the Babylonian king took them. But Daniel and three other friends of his. So I beg to ask you, watch the kind of friends your children have. They can practically define their life. Tell you the truth. I mean, I look back now and I thank God. I thank my parents then because my dad was so strict on us. Funny today, I don't have a best friend. <laughs> my friends were the books I read at home, my Bible study, and then my brother and sister. I mean, the way he did it, you didn't have time for friends. Yeah, I mean, down and, and for me, what happened was when I got to secondary school and university, because of the way it changes, I wasn't really, I didn't have the time because I got into other things. But please, I beg you, your friends, the friends of your children, please note them. Note them. Note them. Are they children who have the Spirit of God in them? Because it's just one, one conversation. One, can we try this? One, let's go to do this. One, look at this. And then it just defines who they are. So verse... 17 talks about what happens when you have this is that works with the wise of the wise for the company of fools shall be destroyed as for these four children what did god do he gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom and this was the illustration i spoke with the last time we had this you know that thing about the principle of magnetism so when a magnet comes to a contact, comes in contact with something that is magnetic, after a while, I tried that in school, some of us that were in science classes, you could still remember. When a magnet rubs off, after a while, that thing it rubs off on, retains the magnetic properties. So let me tell you what Daniel and his friends were doing. They were rubbing off on God. And I can prove it to you in Daniel chapter 2. And verse 12 or so. Okay, no, verse 15. It says, Then Daniel went to his house, verse 17, and made the thing known to Ananiah, Michelle, and Azariah, his companions. Hey, his companions. The whole world is in, was in a global pandemic because the king had said he was going to kill 
all the magicians and astrologers and Chaldeans. And Daniel was one of those people. And he went and made it known to his companions. So his companions, see what they did. Verse 18, that they would desire the mercies of God in the heaven concerning these secrets. So they wouldn't have just come and meet God at that particular problem area. They were used to rubbing their minds with God like a magnetic uh, tendency. So it was natural, you know. I tell people, I say, there are some prayers you don't need to pray. God, give my child knowledge and skill, not learning and wisdom. Just give the child the Bible, the Word of God, praying, fasting, reading, and studying the Word of God. It will happen for the child. My other colleague, when he begins to speak, you will understand the sense of this. So, because they robbed up on God, they now had the property of God. And that's why we are not ashamed to call the children we raise gods, because the son of a cow is a cow. The son of a goat is a goat. And the son of a god, of God himself, should be God. So, don't let us be saying it's blasphemy. No. If somebody tells you that your child is not your child, that he's blaspheming, how can they be calling your child your child? You tell the person he's crazy. But because we do not understand, we are afraid to call our children gods. So, we call them God with a small chief because we are saying they are going to rub off so much on God that they will operate in the realm and the spirit of the only living God. Because that's what happens naturally when you are robbed, when you are evil. And then the final part was in verse 20. It says, in all matters of wisdom and learning, in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in the realm. And this is my explanation for you. Daniel did not become the best among his classmates. No. Read that scripture again. He found them ten times better than all the magicians. Let me give you the illustration. A child enters secondary school. He did SS1, SS2, and SS3. And he came out of SS3 and he said, what do you want to be? He said, I want to be a scientist. And he brought the best scientist in the world. And he had ten times the wisdom of that scientist. Because during that three-year period, he was rubbing his mind with God the creator of all things, master of the universe. Parents, there's something I challenge God. I say, God, in my generation, we're going to duplicate virtually everything in the Bible. So you are seeing Daniel becoming the best in the world after finishing secondary school. That means he has a 10x more capacity than the Nobel laureate. That's what God can do. And that's the goal of God. I have to round up now because I want my colleague. He's going to take the next four minutes. Please don't forget the four parts. First, verse four, a parent must raise a child in the way of God. Next, verse eight, a child must determine to stand with God even in the worst of situations. Verse 17, God himself will give. It's not a prayer thing. It's not a prayer point. The God of heaven that goes to and go and says, he wants to know me. He will rub off on God and he will have God in him. Then verse 20, then the word we say, from when from where had this child this wisdom? I'm gonna to have to stop now and then speak to my colleague. His name is Kobe God has given him some dimensions of inspiration, knowledge, insight, intuition, ideas that he's gonna share with us the next 14 minutes. Now, while he's sharing, I beseech you by the message of God. Whatever questions you have, there is a chance that you could put in the questions. And I would just uh, expect that you have questions with respect to some of the things I've also said. You can always drop those questions and we'll address them at the end of the day. 
by exactly 10 o'clock, I will ask him to please just wind down so that we can have questions. Also note, uh, we are using a Zoom uh, limited version that closes off at exactly 40 minutes. We have done 24, 25 minutes now. In the next 15 minutes, I'm going to ask everybody to please step out and step in again. So you just step out and step in because the recording and the system will stop. It was placed by Zoom because we are using a limited offer. All right, please, let's give it up for Coach Adekomi Olusoya. Good morning, sir. You're welcome. Yes, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, now I, I can see that everybody can hear me. Everybody can hear me. So let me let me start. Let me start now. Let me start now. Good. So now um, you want to turn your child into a genius. You want your child to become a genius. Huh? First of all, yes, yes. First of all, I want you to know that it is very possible. Now I'll give you an example. There was a man called Laszlo Koga. He said, I'm going to give birth to three children and all of them are going to become geniuses. I will give birth to three children, all of them will become geniuses. Uh, he gave birth to three girls, uh, Las, uh, Judith Poga, Sophia Poga, and Susan Poga. As we speak today, all of them are geniuses. All of them are geniuses. In fact, uh, Judith Poga is a chess grandmaster. Uh, HS Grandmaster, she's she's known all around the world. In fact, the three of them are known all around the world. You can you can you can Google these people I'm talking about: Judith Poga, Susan Poga, Poga, and Sophia Poga. It is possible. It is you see the brain. Eh? You see the brain is so powerful that we don't even we don't even know how powerful it is, and the brain is very plastic it enjoys a lot of plasticity that is you can change your brain you can change your brain i'll give you some examples as we move forward i'll give you some examples as we move forward do you know that albert einstein never spoke until he was three years old 
Albert Einstein never spoke until he was three years old. And yet he became a genius. He became a genius. Uh, as for Isaac Newton, Isaac Newton had dyslexia and eventually became the father or the inventor of infinitesimal calculus. So it is possible. Hmm? Please let us know that it is possible going forward. First thing, it is very possible. So how do we make it possible? Very serious, simple. Like I said on Saturday, we need to create a hundred thousand neural pathways or connections. Hundred thousand neural pathways or connections. Hundred thousand neural pathways or connections. Now I call this the two thousand times fifty principle. Two thousand times fifty. Now, if you multiply two thousand times fifty, you will have hundred thousand. One more time. There's a principle I'm going to teach us now. It's called 2,000 times 50. 2,000 times 50. If you multiply 2,000 times 50, you will have 100,000. Huh? So, let's look at, let's look at how we can get this done. Now, 2,000 refers to 2,000 concepts. 2,000 concepts. If you understand 2,000 concepts, have a decent understanding of 2,000 concepts, that is, you can connect it with 50 other concepts, uh, you would have had 100,000 connections. 100,000 connections. 100,000 connections. Uh, one more time, if you understand 2,000 concepts, decent understanding, and that decent understanding means you can connect it to 50 other concepts, then you would have had 100,000 connections. Now. Let me explain. Let me give you an explanation. Please, everybody, follow me. Let us use Sister Olubemi, for example. Let's say Sister Olubemi. We say, we want to study the spiritual difference between mothers and fathers in the Bible. The spiritual difference between mothers and fathers in the Bible. Huh? First of all, the Bible says fathers give instructions or commandments, sorry. Father give commandments, mothers give laws. One more time. Fathers give commandments, mothers give laws. So, that can be found in Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 20. It says, Hear the commandments of your father and forsake not the law of your mother. One more time. Hear the commandments of your father and forsake not the law of your mother. Huh? Good. So, we have... Uh, we have established a connection between fathers and commandments and mothers and laws. I hope everybody can uh, is getting this. This is very important. One more time. We have established a connection between fathers and commandments and mothers and laws. So we are already establishing connections now. We are already establishing connections now. What is the difference between a commandment and a law? Simple. Uh, we have to now go deeper and establish more connections. Deeper and establish more connections. By the way, I hope you know that there are seven containers of wisdom. Seven containers of wisdom. Eh? There's a lot we can learn and we'll be learning, eh? God willing. Now, the seven containers are number one, laws. Laws. Number two, commandments. Number three, instructions. Yeah. Number three, instructions. Number four, precepts. Precepts. Number five, statutes. 
statutes statutes number six testimonies testimonies okay testimonies and number seven number seven we can say ordinances ordinances So, when God wants to give give wisdom, he can, he can do it through seven packages. Seven packages. It's just like carbohydrates can come in different packages. Carbohydrates can come in um, eba. It can come in conflicts. It can come in uh, uh, rice. Do you understand? Yeah. So the same with uh, commandment. You see, a testimony can can give you wisdom. By the time you hear somebody share a testimony, you have gotten wisdom. But that's not the only one. Eh? A wisdom can come through a commandment, it can come through an instruction, it can come through a law. It can come through a law. It can come through a law and it can come through so many other means. So, but let me explain now. Eh? Now, um, fathers give commandments and mothers give laws. Fathers give, give commandments and mothers give laws. Fathers give commandments and mothers give laws. Now, what's the difference? Let's go deeper now. The Bible says in Psalm 19, Psalm 19, it says, The commandments of the Lord are pure, enlightening the eyes. Enlightening the eyes. It gives, it enlightens your eyes. Yeah? But, that's the, the, uh, but that's the commandment. But what about law? The Bible says the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. So, there are two different things. Commandments enlighten your eyes, laws convert your soul. Commandments enlighten, laws convert. Commandments enlighten, laws convert. Commandments enlighten, laws convert. You see, you can be enlightened and you are not converted. Do you understand? So they, are, they, 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 they do different things. When we go to Psalm 19, we can just read from verse 6 to 8. Psalm 19, 6 to 8. Psalm 19, 6 to 8. So now, we have established another connection between commandments and enlightenment and the eyes. And then we have established another connection between laws and perfection and the soul. Can you see? We are establishing connections now. Now, what we are doing is that we are creating more and more neural pathways more and more neural pathways more and more neural pathways eh? we are, what we are doing that we are creating more and more neural pathways hmm? but let me go on now laws are superior to commandments so for example a commandment tells you what you should do a commandment a law tells you what you should do and what will happen afterwards eh? for example you can say thou shall not kill that's a commandment thou shall not steal but a law will tell you what to do you will say give and it shall be given unto you it will tell you what to do and what you should, what will happen after that. For example, it will say, "Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy." It will say that uh, he that is in a hurry to be rich has an evil eye and does not consider that poverty shall come upon him. Proverbs chapter twenty-eight and verse twenty-two. It will always tell you what will happen after that. Now, fathers just tell you what you should do. Mothers will tell you what you should do and what will happen afterwards. That's why people who succeeded in the Bible, 
That's why people who succeeded in the Bible were people who were close to their mothers. Were close to their mothers. Let's look at Jacob. You know, Jacob was closer to his mother than Esau. The one who succeeded was the one who was closer to his mother. Do you understand? And look at Isaac in the Bible. Isaac was so close to his mother. After he died, the Bible says that he mourned his mother and Rebekah comfort was a source of comfort to him. Check all the people who succeeded in the Bible. They were close to their mother. Look at Jesus. On the cross, where was his father? But his mother was there. His mother was there on the cross. We can continue going in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. Huh? So now we are just, you know what we are doing? We are establishing pathways. We are establishing what? Pathways. Now let's go on. Let's go on. Uh, let's go on. Now, let me give you this. Let's establish a pathway between, let's establish a pathway between Jesus Christ or yes, Jesus and Christ, Jesus and Christ, and then Jesus Christ and Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ and Christ Jesus. Now, Jesus Christ and Christ Jesus are not the same thing. Jesus Christ and Christ Jesus are not the same thing. If you go through the Bible, if you go through the Bible, you see that sometimes the Bible will use the word Jesus Christ. Sometimes you will use the word Christ Jesus. One more time. Sometimes you use the word Jesus Christ. Sometimes you use the word Christ Jesus. Huh? Now, the real goodies in Christianity are in Christ Jesus. They are not in Jesus Christ. We are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, not Jesus Christ. Huh? So I want us to understand the difference now. Huh? Grace is in Jesus Christ. Glory is in Christ Jesus. That, um, the Bible says that may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So grace is in Christ Jesus. But glory is in Christ Jesus. Christ in you, the hope of what? Glory. Come on now. Huh? When you study the Bible, you see that glory is constantly linked to Christ and Christ Jesus. Now, but that's let, let, what's the difference in practical terms? What's the difference? So, we, you see, we're establishing, we're establishing a connection between we're establishing a connection between Jesus Christ and grace and Christ Jesus and glory. But let's go on, let's go on. Come on, let's go on. Uh, let's go on. Now, what's the difference? When you are crucified, you are crucified, you now pass from Jesus Christ mode to Christ Jesus mode. So the real goodness in Christianity are gotten after you have been crucified, after you have been crucified, after you have been crucified. Uh, that is, after you have, uh, you have carried your cross. Uh, and what is the cross? The cross is where the will of man and the will of God cross. And the will of God uh, prevails over the will of man. One more time, what's the cross? The cross is where the will of man and the will of God cross. And the cross of, or, and the will of God prevails over the will of man. That's the cross. That's the crucif that's crucifixion. That's the crucifixion. When God, the will of God begins to prevail over your life, you are now switching from Jesus Christ to Christ Jesus. Mode. That's when the real goodness in Christianity begins to show up. That's when the real goodies in Christianity begin to show up. 
Huh? Now, listen, every time the Bible talks about crucifixion, it talks about Christ. I am crucified with Christ, not Jesus. I'm crucified with Christ. Okay, let's go. Okay, everybody, um, we have uh, just uh, one minute left. I requested Coach uh, Adekomi to please just uh, take a break while we get everybody to log out and log in again because of the 14 minutes limitation we have on Zoom. I get to stop that experiencing Christ Jesus, Christ. The cross is where the will of man and God comes. So could we all log out and log in again? Thank you very much. And I'm sorry about uh, Mrs. Omar that is having an issue. Probably the Lord will give it to her. I said that um, the cross is where the will of God and the will of man cross, and the will of God prevails. I said that also, that is when you allow crucifixion, that you go from Jesus Christ to Christ Jesus, and that's when the glory comes. Now, I said, we are not crucified. Every time you look at crucifixion in the Bible, the word Christ comes up. The word Christ comes up. We are cruci- I am crucified with Christ, not Jesus. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. See the word Christ coming up again. And the life that I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So when after so after crucifixion, we get into Christ mode. Now, what is between Jesus and Christ? Simple. Romans 8:11. If the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, hello. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall quicken your mortal body. Hello. The, see, it says, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead, he uses Jesus so in the first part of the, the verse, dwell in you. He says, he that raised up Christ, he now uses Christ, shall do what? Quicken your mortal body. Yeah? So, the Christ is the one who is quickened. Whenever you are quickened, supernatural, that is, supernatural power begins to flow through you. You know that it's no longer you. It's Christ. You are in Christ mode now. You are in Christ mode. And it's his crucifixion that gets us to that level. So you see, we are establishing connections. We are establishing connections between Christ and the cross, Christ and crucifixion. You understand? So I want to teach you how to establish connections. Yeah? Because a genius is somebody that has established 100,000 of those connections. But let me go on. Let's go to another level. Let's look at all the musical instruments in the Bible and establish some connections. Eh? You know, there are so many musical instruments in the Bible. You have the harp, you have the trumpet, you have the timbrel, eh? and so on and so forth. Eh? You have the flute, eh? you have the pipe. Eh? So let's establish some connections. Let's establish some connections. The harp eh? is the musical instrument that controls revelation and deliverance and destiny revelation deliverance and destiny okay so the bible says the bible says for example in psalm 49 verse 4 it says uh, 
I will open my dark sayings upon the harp. I will open my dark sayings, revelation, things that are secrets. I will open my dark sayings upon the harp. So we have, we have established a connection between the harp and revelation. Let's go on. We can establish another connection between the harp, between the harp, uh, and deliverance. When the evil spirit came upon Saul, the Bible says David took an harp and played with his hand, played with his hand, played with his hand. Uh, and musical instruments that you play with your hand are crucial for deliverance. You must play with your hand. And then the Bible says the evil spirit left him. Yeah. Then the harp, one more time. Yeah. I think it's First Chronicles 25 and verse 3. He says he prophesied with the harp. Revelation again. And prophecy, prophecy, prophecy. He prophesied with the harp. 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 Huh? I make bold to say that the harp is the most important musical instrument in Christianity, and yet you hardly see it in churches. It's the most important. Now, when you go to, when you go to, is that First Chronicles twenty-five three or Second Chronicles? I'm not sure, but I'll check it out. You can check it out also as well. Then, when you go to um, Isaiah chapter Isaiah, I'll check for the chapter. It says, "Take a harp, you harlot, eh, that has been." rejected and sing many songs and you'll be accepted so the harp is the instrument for rechanging or changing a person's destiny changing a person's destiny changing a person's destiny praise the lord so now but what about the trumpet so we see we are establishing connections between the harp and different different virtues and then uh we are establishing connections between the trumpet now. The trumpet is the instrument for battle. First Corinthians 4 8. If the trumpet gives an uncertain sound, how can we prepare for battle? First Corinthians 14 8. If the trumpet gives an uncertain sound, how can we prepare for the battle? So the trumpet is still. We are establishing connections between we are establishing connections between between the trumpet and battle. So you see, now that's it. I just wanted to show us how to establish connections, how to establish connections. Eh? But let me even go to a secular secular aspect. Eh? Let me give the example of um, the best photographers in the world. The best photographers in the world. They are geniuses. Do you know why they are geniuses? They were able to establish connections, connections, connections. Let me give the example of Stephen McCurry. Stephen McCurry said that he was going to take uh, a picture of the Grand Central, Central Station in New York. And he, and he went there 15 times, 15 times before taking the picture. 15 times before taking the picture. And he said that, he said that, they asked him, why did you go there 15 times? He said, photography is all about lighting, light, light and timing and lightning timing timing that if you miss the time you you won't be able to take the best photographs so he has established a connection between photography and timing and then knowing the best times to take pictures knowing the best times to take what pictures hmm? 
And then let's talk about somebody else, Peter Lindbergh. He took a picture that created a whole new industry entirely, the industry of supermodels. This was sometime in the early 90s, I guess. Early 90s, I guess, you know. Uh, and he said that most of his pictures were in black and white, or not color, black and white. He said, photography is about emotion, that you, you can capture emotion with a photograph. You have done, you have done well. So a connection between photography and emotion, that's a pathway. A connection is established 100,000 connections. 100,000 what? Connections. 100,000 connections. No. Let us move forward. Let us move forward. Let us move forward. Um, 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 um. Now, I want to talk about the importance of repetition. Repetition. Repetition is very important. Mm? As we want to build our children into geniuses. Do you know it is better to read one book five times than to read five books just once? I'll take it one more time. It is better to read one book five times than to read five books once because repetition is what strengthens your neural pathways. You see, once you read, once you forget a thing, it's as though you, your brain of uh, functions as though you never, you never read it at all. Once you forget a thing, for example, if you, and you empty something, human beings, we forget 40% of what we hear within the first 20 minutes. We forget 40% of what we hear within the first 20 minutes. Once you forget a thing, it's in your brain, it's like as though you never even remember, you're never able to get in at all, at all, at all. So you are not a genius based on what you forgot. You are a genius based on what you remember. <laughs> I'll take it one more time. You are not a genius based on what you read and forgot. You are a genius based on what you read and remember. So if you are, if you like, read 10,000 books. So if you forget everything, you are back to square one. Somebody who reads, somebody who can remember 10, 10 facts is better than somebody who has, and has read only one book. It's better than somebody who has read 10,000 books and remembers only one fact. So, see, parents, it's not about how much our children are reading. It's about how much they can remember. How much they can remember. It's not about, so people say they have read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Thank you very much. How much can you remember? Somebody who can remember 10,000 verses or 1,000 verses and has not read the Bible is better than someone that has read the Bible, the whole Bible and cannot remember anything. Bible says a man that forgets is like a man beholding himself in the mirror and straight away he forgets uh, who, what manner of person he is, you know. So that's not even if at all. So please, eh? And repetition leads to retention. Repetition leads to retention. Repetition leads to retention. Repetition leads to retention. Uh, parents, if you want to build your child into a genius, remember, repetition leads to retention. Repetition leads to what? Retention. The Bible equates forgetfulness with wickedness. The Bible equates forgetfulness with wickedness. Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 17. The Bible says to this strange woman, she forsaketh the guide of her youth and forgetted the covenant of her God. She forsaketh the guide of her youth and forgetted the covenant of her God. So, repetition is very important. Repetition is very, very important. Listen, he that looketh into the looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, looketh and continueth therein, he be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work shall be blessed in his The reason why we don't
I was talking about the story of the best plastic surgeon in the world. He had done so many repeated elves and scalings of the faces of women that he was able to find out the secrets. It is as you repeat that you now find out the secrets. As you repeat, you find out the secrets. It is as you repeat that you find out what it really. It's as you repeat, so repetition is crucial. Please, parents, let's bear that in mind. Don't be too crazy about how many books your child is reading, and you follow, and you, and, and then he is just reading and, and reading um, and skimming through books, and he's not, he's not reading and reading intentionally and repeating and repeating, and you know, repetition is very crucial. Okay. The next thing I want to mention is this. The next thing I want to mention is this uh, that reading reading is more important than watching reading strengthens your brain more than watching reading strengthens your brain more than watching reading strengthens your brain more than watching for example is see when you watch your brain you can you can uh, you can actually see what you can actually see the images so in you when you are watching you are not even creating images in your head the images are already being created in what you see but when you are reading your brain is forced to create an image of what you are reading your brain is forced to create an image of what you are reading so reading will help your children more than watching make sure your children are not watching more tv than they are than they are reading books reading strengthens your brain more than watching more than watching okay now i'll talk about one more thing i'll talk about one more thing eh? this is the importance of curiosity the importance of curiosity the importance of curiosity now curiosity is the master key of the brain master key if you are curious you can strengthen all the parts of your brain i will mention um those parts i'll mention about 20 of them i will mention 20 of them right now the 20 parts of your brain that are propelled by curiosity. Number one, focus. Number two, attention. Number three, foresight. Number four, impulse control. Number five, uh, number five, planning. Number six, executive decision making. Number seven, appropriateness of behavior uh, number eight inquisitive intelligence number nine intuition or intuitive intelligence number ten innovative intelligence innovative intelligence number eleven reasoning number twelve reading Number 13, research. Research. Number 14, repetition that I spoke about. Hmm? Number 16, I guess. Empathy. Empathy. 17, calm, 18, compassion, 
19 trustworthiness 20 passion 21 proactivity proactivity now what am i trying to say yeah if you strengthen curiosity all the other parts of your brain are going to become very strong if you strengthen curiosity all the parts of your brain are going to become what very strong very very strong very very strong very 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 strong so you'd have strengthened all these parts of your brain now let me just give some examples but let me say this uh, uh, um, our eyes have a 30 percent connection to our brain our ears have a 20 percent connection that is why it is easier to remember what you see than what you hear it's easier to remember people's faces than their names have you noticed that you see somebody you like i remember this face this face is familiar but you don't remember the person's name it's easier to remember faces than to remember names because your eyes have a 30 percent connection to your brain your ears have a 20 percent connection so but guess what your mouth has a 50 percent connection your mouth has a 50 percent connection your mouth has a 50% connection. So that's why this meditation we are teaching our children is very important that they should open their mouth and say things. They should say things and they should say things and they should say things and they should say things over and over again. Say things over and over again. Okay, now let's go on. Let's go on. now. Like I said, so um, parents, make sure that your child see things repeatedly. They hear things repeatedly, but most important, they should say things repeatedly. When you say a thing, you are hearing yourself and you are seeing what you are saying. You can't talk about a red horse without imagining it in your eyes. You can't talk about your love fries without imagining it in your eyes. So when you say a thing, you are hearing it and you are seeing it. But you can see a thing without saying it. You can see a thing without hearing it. And that's why the, the eyes are more important than the ears. That's why TV is more powerful than radio. And that's why TV stars make more than radio stars. So that's it. So parents, please, let's take note of this. Let's take note of this. Let us take note of this. Okay, so like I said, I said that with curiosity, you can enhance all the parts of your brain. Now, um, I said something the other day. Uh, let, let me just talk about how with curiosity, you can enhance all the parts of your brain. With curiosity, what, the more curious you are, the more your reasoning changes. For example, huh? when we became curious uh, to find out how um how i'm trying to look for a very good example um sometimes we say that sometimes we say that um pro uh, hey, let me give you a very very good a good example now uh, some people say say that in the past economists said that a ah, uh, food aid is good to the poor but a woman went and researched food aid is good for the poor. Food aid is good for the poor. A woman went and researched and saw that that was the reasoning that it's good to help, let's help poorer nations by giving them food and things like that, giving them food and, and, and um, uh, monetary aid. Yeah? But she found out that over the past um, decades, few decades, as food aid to the poor increased, their poverty increased. So she was forced to reason differently that what the poor people need are not food aid. They need more of enlightenment. Can you see that as you research or as your curiosity increases and your research increases, as your research increases, your reasoning changes. The way you reason differs. You now begin to see that, ah, no, 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 no. 
it's not this one. This woman, the woman I'm quoting is Esther Duflo. She's a Nobel Prize winner. I just want to show you how curiosity changes every part of your brain. The more curious you are, the more focused you are. Isaac Newton was so curious for knowledge that he would spend 18 hours every day solving mathematics. Curiosity makes our children more focused. Curiosity increases attention. The more curious you are, the more empathetic you are going to be. The more curious you are, the more empathetic you are going to be. Now, let's look about curiosity and foresight. Curiosity and foresight. Curiosity and foresight. I hope you know that Bill Gates predicted that a virus is the most dangerous thing and he predicted about impending viruses as far back as three years ago or five years ago. Yeah. Please, just you can, you can go and watch it on YouTube, uh, Bill Gates and Virus. Uh, why? Why did he have the foresight? Because he had been studying it. Curiosity, curiosity, curiosity. Curiosity leads to foresight. Curiosity leads to foresight. Now, let's talk about curiosity and intuition. Curiosity and intuition. Yeah? One of the most intuitive music executives is Simon Cowell. Let's even use Ben Carson for, as an example. Ben Carson says that when he's performing in an operation, he will find things that he has never learned in school. But something inside him will teach him. That's intuition. But you know why? The reason why is that he said, I've performed so many surgeries, so many surgeries. That is, I've been curious. I've done a lot of research. But let's leave that aside. Um, Simon Cowell can hear a song and tell whether it's going to be a hit or not. Why? Strengthening his intuition. Let's go to the Bible. Uh, the Bible says concerning the woman that she perceives a merchant to it is curiosity. Curiosity. In verse 16, she says that she considers a field and buys it, and with the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. But let's even go to um, Ecclesiastes Solomon. The Bible says that curiosity is the key. Curiosity is the key to intuition. The Bible says Solomon. I gave my heart to know wisdom, madness, and folly, and I perceived that this also is vanity and vexation of spirit. Number one, I gave my heart, that means I was curious. Then number two, I perceived that this is vanity and vexation of spirit. I was intuitive. So curiosity comes before intuition. Curiosity comes before intuition. So parents, we should get our children to be curious. Make sure that your child is constantly reading books. Tell him that if you don't read books, no books, no breakfast, no books, no pocket money, or do something, no books, no travel. We spoke about this on Saturday. Eh? So make sure that you increase, build curiosity in your children. Um, Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci was the greatest genius of all time. Guess what? Leonardo da Vinci was so curious. So curious. Eh? See, even Jesus was very curious. At the age of 12, he went into the temple eh? and he was asking questions. He was asking questions, curiosity. You see, all the greatest geniuses in the Bible were curious. They wanted to know. Apostle Paul said that I may know him. I may know him, curiosity. Let me talk about Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah. Leonardo da Vinci wanted to know why the sky is blue. He wanted to know uh, when, when birds were flying, Leonardo da Vinci would be studying the birds as they are flying. Leonardo da Vinci would chase the wind. He would go out on a ride and he would be chasing the wind. He wanted to study how the wind works. Uh, Leonardo da Vinci wanted to know 
what makes an aortic valve to close what makes it so he was so curious that's why he became so creative he was so curious also parents uh, let me do a recap of all i've said i've spoken about how you build geniuses by creating pathways and how can we do that in our children as our children begin to memorize the bible and study the bible they'll be they'll be able to create pathways but like i said there's something i'm doing i'm working on a program where children can create hundred thousand pathways and in this short time we have had, I created, I, I helped us create about 10 pathways. I create, like I said, a pathway between mothers and laws, fathers and commandments, between laws and perfection and the soul, between commandments and enlightenment and the eyes, then musical instruments, trumpets and battle, you know, so, so that's it. While I'm creating, I'm working on a program whereby we can create a hundred pathways in children so that we can them geniuses. But how can you start? Get your children to read. And I said 20 minutes in the morning every day will make sure that their brain, their memory capacity increases and their curiosity increases. Remember, whatever you do in the first 20 minutes amplifies by 100%. So if you are moving around in the first 20 minutes of the day, you have moved, your, your tendency to move around will, will double by, by 100%. Will go by 100% or will double. So if you get children to read or to memorize within the first 20 minutes of the day, you, are, you will find out that you are increasing their capacity. Now, at the point where that that is becomes the major action that they they they, 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 they perform five thousand stem cells to go to that part of their brain and will make it bigger so let's just have that in mind so that's what you can do optimize the first 20 minutes and intentionally make sure that your children are reading have a plan for your child how many books is my child going to read every year eh? how many verses of the bible is he going to memorize every year do you understand have a structured plan last week i spoke about how <laughs> on Sunday, I spoke about how in five days you can memorize five verses of the Bible with the five, 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 five principle. And if you do this in a year, you can memorize at least three hundred verses over. Yes, at least three hundred verses, or up to even four hundred verses of the Bible. So have a plan. Make sure that your child is increasing in memory and curiosity. Your child is reading more and all that. Hmm? Now, I said repetition is very good. Hmm? So make sure that your child repeats. Make sure that if your child memorizes a passage of the Bible, even six months time, you're asking the child. Repetition is what leads to retention. Make sure that your child does not read a book just once. Let the child read it four or five times or three times before dumping it and picking another book. Repetition leads to retention. Yeah? Then make sure that your child reads more than he watches. Reading is, enhances your brain more than watching. Yeah? Then. Of course, there are other things that I will mention. I've not, I've not been able to mention everything. There are other things I will mention furthermore. Furthermore, as we continue. But for now, those are just some of the most important things that, that I think that we can um, take away from today's class on how to enhance the brain of our children. But parents, what I want to say to you is that if you are intentional about this thing, and you don't need to spend much time on this thing. It, it's not something, don't, don't, it's not difficult. Uh, just tell your child that, see, I won't even talk to you. I'm not, I won't even mention this issue, but by next week, if you don't, if, if you don't meet your reading target, your memorization target, no pocket money for the coming week. And if you are serious, your child will be serious. And if doing it every week is too much for you, just say, okay, at the end of the term, if you don't meet your reading target, you're not traveling abroad, or I'm not giving you this particular benefit. And if you're serious, I won't buy you PlayStation, or you won't play games, or you won't, you won't, go, out, you won't go out, you won't follow me to that wedding, you won't follow me to that, you won't play ball, you won't, you won't go out to meet your friends, you won't go to see grandma or something. So this thing is simple. If you put your foot down and you are disciplined as a parent, huh? 
if you are disciplined as a parent, you will get you will you will get your child to run with you. You, in my opinion, you get your child to run with you. So that's it as regards building pathways. Building pathways. Do you want me to continue? Um, it's about ten, and you know the blessing of God upon you can take us to the end of the day. But I would uh, suggest we do this. There's so many questions. I actually was I was taking notes, and I also have some questions to chime in. So this is what I would suggest from our participants again. We want to uh, release this recording, but rather than the long thing we sent the last time. I was thinking we could break into three different tracks. The first track would be introductory, one that was just about 20 minutes. Then the next track would be Coach Ade Cummings' uh, talk. Almost then the final track would be question and answer. So can I ask that uh, we should just consider stepping out and stepping in the game because we have just about eight minutes. So that we can take the question and answer so that when we are releasing the audio one can pick out of the three you know because listening to one hour 20 minutes might be drudgery if you really are not interested but you cannot pick introduction or it's lecture or you just pick the question and answer so we have less than it's been we have it's been there about now could we all step out and just join the meeting again thank you everybody and then we can take the questions So I said, please, could we type in our questions in respect to some of the things we've heard? Some of the things we've heard from which I did this morning. So please, like I said, recommend that we parents pick up those books. Greets by Angela Duckworth, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell, Talent is Overrated by Geoffrey Colvin, Talent Code by Daniel Cole, and uh, Flow by Mia Shakespeare in the Tower I mean, his name, his name is interesting. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to post it now. So please, if you have questions, let's just put it there. If you have questions for Coach Adekomi, okay, so I put up those books there. I can drop one or two on the, okay, the WhatsApp group. Uh, someone says they are not on the WhatsApp group and would love to be added. Could you, could you drop the link to the WhatsApp group again? Yeah, could you please drop a link to the WhatsApp group? All right, while we're waiting for the questions, I think I can ask Kuchni this. All right, sir. Um, while you were talking, you mentioned the... I, I don't think you mentioned it today, but the, the 5555 principle with respect to five verses every day, uh, five times, repeated again and again and again. What you recommend with respect to children that are above seven years. I know you didn't talk about this on Saturday. You did talk about ages one to six as the first, as a theater, did I get it wrong, stage. So could you please speak on children that are both the, I think, theater stage of brainwave. You know, some parents ask, what can they do to bring their children to that part? You know, you mentioned that 
children from age one to six cannot remember what they were doing because those memories are in the subconscious. But from age seven, the child begins to know his first birthday, first time he did that. Could you help us? How do you bring children uh, from age seven and above, including teenagers, to get back to this theater stage? Over to you, sir. Okay. So, it's very easy. Very, very easy. Huh? And what you need to do is just to just do everything that we have spoken about. The first 20 minutes, you can begin to re reprogram your brain. Reprogram your brain. Huh? You see, like I said, the mind is plastic. It's plastic. It's called your, you can change your brain. So you just need to start inculcating new habits. So if, for example, the first 20 minutes, you say, okay, I'm going to start doing conscious reading or thinking or reflection or memorization. And then, you know, once you do it in the first 20 minutes, you amplify it by 100%. The next day, your brain is not what it was the day before. You do another one, you amplify it by 100% again. You do another one, you amplify it by 100%. You know what you are doing? You are building curiosity. You are building curiosity. And as you are building curiosity, you know that your focus is going to increase. Your foresight will increase. Your intuition will increase. Your your um, um, empathy will increase, your creativity will increase, and so on. So it's just basically, uh, there's never too late a time to start, really. I started when I was in my 20s. Do you understand? So I didn't even start when I was seven or when I was a teenager. I started when I was even, not even in my 20s, when I was in my um, early 20s. Yeah, early, early 20s. So it's never just facts and beginning to begin to build that the first 20 minutes and everything we have done make sure that you are doing more of repetition because repetition takes you to the alpha state hello repetition takes you back to that alpha state uh, uh, so and then the first 20 minutes and then um, reading more intentionally being curious and then establishing pathways establishing pathways Um, but the, please, I want to say something. Uh, I have a plan, like I said, uh, to help children build a hundred thousand neural pathways by explaining at least two thousand concepts of the Bible to them. Two thousand concepts of the Bible. For example, like I, today we did the musical instruments of the Bible. We can do the weapons of the Bible. We can do um, the colors of the Bible. We can do the numbers of the Bible and what they represent. Uh, we can do um, the the vices of the Bible, like pride, anger, hatred, envy, um, forwardness, strife, contention, tail-bearing, backbiting, whore-mongering, uh, lust, lewdness, and all sorts of so, so. Then we can do the vices of the Bible, humility, um, meekness, lowliness, um, um, gentleness, patience, long suffering, and all, so on and so forth. You know, so to understand, so that this is a intentional process. Uh, they can can build neural pathways, hundred thousand neural pathways. Eh? But there's something. So understanding all the concepts of the Bible, for example, understanding all the concepts of time. What happens at night? What happens at midnight? What happens at midday? According to the Bible. Bible says day unto day utterance speech, night unto night reveal knowledge. What happens during there are four types of nights. I hope you know there are four kinds of nights in the Bible. Yeah? The Bible talks about 
the twilight, the evening, the black night, and the dark night. Those are the four types of night in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, New Testament calls it the first watch, second watch, third watch, and fourth watch, and things like that. So just okay. So what happens at midnight? What happens at midday? What happens in the day? What happens in the evening? You know, the Bible says, "He waketh up my ears morning by morning to hear as the learned." The Bible says, "Joy comes in the morning." So there are certain things. There's the mystery of the morning. There's the mystery of the afternoon. The Bible talks about the destruction that wasted at noonday. Uh, there is the mystery of the evening. Isaac went out at evening time to meditate. There's the mystery of night. There's the mystery of midday, noonday, and things like that. So all the all the types of that. Then all the food kinds of food in the Bible and what they represent. All the kinds of cutleries in the Bible and what they represent. All the types of buildings in the Bible and what they represent. All the types of furniture in the Bible and what they represent. So you know, so that the children are totally robust. They are white. They are, they are, they are, they are, they are, they are ineffable. Imagine a child, imagine a child that understands all the furnitures in the Bible and what they represent, all the time zones in the Bible and what they represent, all the trees in the Bible and what they represent, all the parts of the trees and what they represent, all the uh, occupations in the Bible and what they represent, all the diseases in the Bible, all the animals in the Bible, all the body parts in the Bible and what they represent, you know? Um, because what your loins do, is not what your bowels do. What your bowels do is not what your belly does. What your belly does is not what your bosom does, and so on and so forth. You know what your finger does. It says, "If I by the, if I, eh, um, by the finger of God cast out devils, then the kingdom of God is come unto you." Why did you use finger? Do you understand? Huh? So there are certain things the finger does. What your your hair has a significance and things like that. So that's how that's the whole process of raising these neural pathways. Mm-hmm. Then there's something else that, that, that I want to talk about. And this is, um, I believe that every child should understand the meanings of every name of every iconic figure in the Bible. I'll give you an example. Do you know that Ruth, Ruth means friendship. Ruth means friendship. Uh, Esther means a star. Esther means a star. Miriam and Mary mean the same thing. Mary is the Greek form of Miriam, and it means beloved or rebellion. It has a positive name and a negative name. Beloved or rebellion. David means favorite. Uh, Saul means what you ask for. Jezebel means married. Oh, sorry, Jezebel means unmarried. Unmarried. Uh, Judas is the Greek form of Judah, which means praise, and so on and so forth. Elijah means God is the God. Uh, God is the God. John is the Greek name of Joanna. It means Jehovah is gracious. Jehovah is gracious. James is the Greek form of Jacob, which means supplanter. Uh, Rachel and Jacob, Rachel and Leah are the names of animals like the gazelle and the eel, the gazelle and the eel, and so on and so forth. So our children should know the names of every Bible figure and the meanings behind those names. And the meaning, Samson means like the sun. Samuel means my, the name of God, the name of God, while Samson means like the sun, and so on and so forth. So our children should know the names of all the Bible figures in the Bible, all the, figure, all the figures in the Bible and the meanings behind their names. So that's one other thing we can exploit to increase pathways and all that.
So that's just what I wanted to mention. All right, thank you, sir. Uh, I mean, parents, thank you so much for this. I don't think we would be able to finish exploring the wisdom of God on him. But we'll communicate to you with respect to what's how what next to do. All right, somebody asked a question here. Uh, was there any particular counsel for zero to three years old? Say, Coach Nee, Coach Adikomi, do you have any counsel for zero to three years old? Yes, of course, of course, of course, of course. Why would I? Of course, I have. Why would I have? And my counsel for zero to three year old is this: uh, Let me tell you something. When your child is zero to three year old, uh, um, there's a device I'm working on on how every passage of the Bible can be replayed fifty times. I have it already. Uh, now I encourage children to play it for their children, who zero to three years old, because zero to three years old they can't read. Uh, so all these things we are talking about reading is not possible. Zero to three years they can't read. But they can hear. So you keep on playing it, playing it, playing it, playing it, playing it. Huh? Before you know it, your child, once a child that is three years old, hears a Bible verse 25 times to 50 times, he has memorized it. And that can be done within five to 10 minutes. So in every five minutes, your child can memorize a passage of the Bible every five minutes. Now imagine what you can do in one year. So while the child is playing, playing and eating and doing all those things, yeah, just keep it playing. Keep it plain. When the child is crying, keep it plain. Because whether the child is crying or plain or not, so once he hears it, he's absorbing it. He hears it, he's absorbing it. So we have to be deliberate on what I call alpha learning. Deliberate on, so a, a, a parent that has a child that is zero to three should make the child an alpha learner or should be an alpha teacher. Yes. So engage in alpha teaching and learning. And that's what I said. Just make sure that the Bible verses are being repeated on your um, audio sets. You, you, you nowadays we have all these um, wireless speakers. You just connect your Bluetooth or your whatever, your flash drive to it, and then it just keeps on playing and playing and playing. And before you know it, the child that is three years old can memorize the whole book of Proverbs. Okay, thank you so much, sir. To corroborate that, our parents, especially the ones that God has blessed you with uh, assets, one of the things we've discovered by the grace of God, the past three years, we've had almost 50 children go through our program. And I've seen, and I'm seeing this with all sense of modesty, that children that have less of toys and resources provided by their parents, are able to learn God's word much more than those who their parents have, have these, they have that. I'll give you an example. If we go to our Facebook page, there is a young chap who is five years old. At five, this young chap said Samuel 1 9 from verse 1 to 176. He did it in Faith Tabernacle, Kenalan, two years ago. But you know, that was the least of it. Now, the reason why I'm happy with watch Coach Adekomi is saying is, they are now part of us, although they are living at Ibadan, so we only have them coming for the concert once a year. But let me tell you, just in five minutes, the story of the family. The father was attacked by the devil and ran mad. While he ran mad, he was in a church, and then the wife was one of the people that took care of him and prayed for him. So he married the wife, and then when he married the wife, 
The devil attacked them again. Every time he started a business, they went down. Every time he started a business, they went down. And he was having children and he was in debt. He was having children and he was in debt. So much so that they could not afford television in the house. They could not send their children to school. But the only thing himself and his wife knew how to do outside of the failed business was they could pray. So when other children were going to school, in their one-room apartment, he himself and his wife drilled the children of the Word of God. There's no money for school. There's no opportunity to watch television. So children, say after me, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and light shining in darkness, and darkness comprehended us. And, so, and every year, those children come and do there's a program we have every year called the Jesus Concert. The last one, I mean, I still have the recording. This young chap did Luke chapter 1, verse 1 to 8. His senior sister, who is 18 years, today knows 15,000 verses. Like I remember, she, her, last, her goal last year was to know the whole of Old Testament. By the time I was talking to her mid year 2019, she had known from Ephesians to, I think, Jude. By the end of the year, I think she had known 75% of the New Testament. The younger one, who is 13, so their names are Wisdom, Anointed, Chairman, Rich Man. The other one, who is 13, is Wisdom. I mean, she's Wisdom. The other one, Anointed, I think she's 13 or 14 or 14 this year, knows about 10,000 verses. The junior brother, who is a year behind her, knows about 12,000 verses. And then the young chap, who was five when I met him, is seven this year. We call him God, Rich Man. He knew 1,000 plus verses, including the whole of Revelation. So what could Adikomi say? I can tell you I've seen it. He said, the Bible said, the things that our eyes have seen and touched and undoed of the word of life. And as I'm talking to you, as I'm speaking to you today, that woman, I mean, which is one of my greatest desires, she still has a challenge sending her children to school. But one thing she never stops doing is she never stops to teach them God's word. There are times she has reached out to us in the organization. Is there anything we can do? And I continue to encourage her. I said, man, you know, if it's in my power, all your children will be on scholarship. But never stop teaching them God's word. So please, please, I beg you, remember what he said. The closer you are to your mother, in fact, that's, that's, that becomes a revelational law. The closer you are to your mother, the greater your tendency for success in life. But please don't spoil them with toys. We all know how we grew up. Some of us, our parents didn't have enough and we became very successful and we made the mistake that made us great. We gave our children the resources that we were denied of so that we can focus. Please, I beg you, in the name of God, take away these devices from them. Personally, I tell children that are in our little kids inspiring, we tell them, God don't watch television. There's this your rapper raps. Those who will be watched will not watch television. So I take a stand against it that our children should not watch television. Their parents have flouted, but I've also seen the difference between those who watch television and those who not Give you a final example and then we can ask other questions. There was a lady that joined us last year. Her name is Chiamaka, called Chiamaka. Now, when we had the first program, the Jesus concert in 2018, she saw what these people were doing and she made up her mind, like Daniel did, and said, I'm going to join them. Now today, the lady is 13, she was 11 then, then she was 12 last year. So what did she do? We told her she cannot come in unless she learns Samawana. Guess what? She knew Samawana in a jiffy. Okay, so she came in. 
And when she came in last year, she did 350 verses. I was the one that coordinated it because I sat with her for about one hour while she was saying it to my ears. 350 verses. I was the one that listened to it because I was the one that brought up the scriptures. I gave it to them. It was my assignment for them last year. Now, today, that young lady, as I'm talking to you, her parents don't have a WhatsApp phone. But every morning, she will call me, Coach T, what's the prayer for today? Myself and the YouTube children will be praying for against coronavirus the past eight. This is our eighth day. Every morning, Coach T, what's the, what's the prayer for today? Please send me prayer for today. And then, this is what I discovered. I went to her house one day and discovered she was living in an uncompleted building. The father owned the house, but God has not provided, I mean, he has not been provided enough money to complete the house. So she doesn't charge for my house. I asked her, Coach T, how do you charge? She says she goes to her neighbor's house to charge with solar. And then I said, oh, you didn't talk to me this week, what happened? She said, our neighbor's solar sports. But I've never in my life seen a child as dedicated as that. And I told God, under heaven, these are the children that God will raise. So please, parents, very, very important, remove those toys from them. It limits their goodness. Remove it. I'm not saying you should not give them, but like Coach Adekomi has said, if you're going to do this, then you do this. You're going to do this then do this because i've seen it i mean i've been working with children almost 10 years and i've seen that when the parents are not in tune with what we are teaching is the child that loses their parents that would join their children from our school today because we won't agree with the way they are raising their children so the child is like mommy mommy i want to be part of this but the child is like and the parents are like oh i don't care and it pains me so much so for me from what coach i didn't said now if the parent is not fully in tune there's no need of them for bringing the child because it will break the child's heart. It will break the child's heart. So please, I beg of you again, take away these pleasures. You did not grow up with that. You know, that was what made you great. Others were having the toys. Your father would tell you, sit down, read your books, do this. I, I, and I've read books. I mean, I don't think I've read as much as Coach Adekomi, but I've read books. And I, Daniel, understood by books. Not I, Daniel, understood by watching television and playing with all the toys my mommy and my dad gave me. Thank you very much. Now, is there any other question? Is there any other question, please? Is there any other question, please? For Coach Adekomi, he has to go. He really gave us just nine to ten points. We need to answer any other questions that we will have. Okay, somebody said, but my challenge with memorizing is the sustainability. Returning the scriptures to adulthood. Coach Nee, what do you have to say? How do they sustain that retaining of scriptures to adulthood? Coach Adekomi. Is that for you? Okay, okay. For okay, you. let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. Yes, like I said, repetition leads to retention. Guess what? Eh? I memorized the whole book of Proverbs, but guess what? Every day, I still have to repeat about three chapters to myself. If you don't repeat, you're going to forget. That's what the Bible says. He that looketh continually, you don't stop. He that looketh continually unto the perfect law of liberty. He, not being a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the world, you have to continue looking. You never get to a point where you are, you are, you are, you are there altogether. You have to continue looking into it. You have to, from time to time, if you're going to be repeating five verses every day, or one chapter or three chapters whatever but you have to repeat if you don't repeat you're going to forget it's repetition that leads to retention
people leads to retention. And then let me add something. I mean, I'm an adult now, but let me tell you something my parents did. And it corroborates what Coach Nee was saying. While I was growing up, I was very hyper. I mean, if you see me today, in every room I had the most energy. I don't know. If people used to think until they knew I was a child of God, they said this guy used to drink his eye on something. And then when I discovered the Holy Spirit was the highest thing, I'm like, yeah, I'm out of the Holy Spirit. So I grew up in a as a very hyperactive child. Oh, I have on I have boundless energy. Up to today, I still do. So my parents were like, how do we engage this child? So they gave me all the books of Bishop Oedepo at home. I finished reading it. <laughs> Any book they did, while my brothers and sisters are taking three days, I'll finish a book in one day. So my dad gave me a moment when I was going to secondary school. I switched secondary schools. And then he said, Tony, you what? He gave me a book here by Mike Mudok. I cannot forget the book by Mike Mudok. And then Mike Mudok said, you can finish the Bible in two months. You read 40 chapters a day, you finish the Bible in, in, in one month. You can finish the Bible in one month, you read 40 chapters a day. Two months, if you read, if you read 20 chapters a day. Four months, if you read 10 chapters a day. Eight months, if you read five chapters a day. And four and one year, we read four chapters a day. So I was telling my dad, ah, the book was like this, what I said. So it was like, he challenged me. Guess what? In secondary school, I finished my Bible five times. And I'm like, this man is so true when he was talking about this. Because apparently, there's no story in the Bible I can't dig out for you. I was a chaplain. I was a school chaplain in school. I took the best prize in uh, sword drills and all of those things. But this is it. Period. This is it. Somebody mentioned something now and said, you understand the importance of limiting screen time. However, the children may be exposed to TV in school. I'll give you my example. I used to go to a lot. So I had this upbringing where my dad he was so busy, but he was always, every time he comes back, he would say, did you spend your time or you invested it? So for him, spending your time is watching TV, playing around and doing rubbish. But for him, investing your time is saying, oh, daddy, I read this book. I did this, I did that. So it was always challenging us with that. But in the midst of that, I would do all my assignment and I would still watch television. I mean, I would watch television 12 hours back to back. Don't stop. But as I discovered more about Ben Carson, I read books like Ben Carson and all of those things. I made my own decision not to have TV in my house. It doesn't matter the Jupiter my wife comes from. There is no TV in my house. I've given out TV twice in my lifetime now. Every time they give me TV. Why? I discovered that all the greats of all the greats I've seen there is no TV time I remember a particular incident by Ronald Reagan, the president of America I think the 30th century he went to a school to teach children he was just telling them that the next generation is on to them and that they need to raise up now and just give their time to reading and studying and then a young child raised up his hand and said oh sir we have all we need we have TVs, we have entertainment, and all of those things. What were you doing in your generation that you are not enjoying? And Ronald Reagan gave a very apt reply. He said, we are busy inventing the things you are enjoying today. So really, I'm telling you the truth, if you do not take them, look at Nigeria, for instance. The reason why Nigeria is where it is today is because we don't have people like the Japanese system. A Japanese child of five-year-old uh, or five is already being taught calculus. I, read, I did that study, I read it. As five Japanese children taught calculus. In China, there's an exam called Gaikao, G-A-O-K-A-O. Gaikao is the toughest exam in the world. I 
mean, I've done some of the toughest exams in my life. I mean, I've done an MBA, I've done a CFA, and those are exams were tough. But I just went to check Gaikao. It's so tough. I think about two or three percent passed. Now the exam is so tough that when the American schools now started accepting Gaikao over SAT scores in India, they are what you call IITs, Indian Institute of Technology. Those school is more difficult to enter an IIT than to enter a Harvard. So is it not? Is it, is, it, is, it, is, it, is it, Are you surprised that Indians are the ones dominating the world today, or the Chinese are taking over the world? So we might continue to give all the excuses in the world that they will be exposed to this, they will be exposed to that. If a child defines and determines in his mind, you'll be the one telling him, "Are you not watching TV?" We'll be the one preaching to you. We'll be the one preaching to you. So please, it's a decision between parent and child. The world does not have a say in it. The whole world doesn't have a say. As as I am today, I control what I hear. I was telling one of our coaches yesterday, I said, I was in church, I was in 10 services yesterday. Other people were on social, I never touched anything on social media yesterday. Now that we have online service, I listened to 10 different messages yesterday. 10. And when I finished, I just went to the three hour just praising God. I turned off my phone. Why? You see, hey, deep collect unto deep as the noise of the waters. I just love God. And I say it, like he said, I just say it. I, just say, I, I told the children, I love God's word. I love God. So it's natural that if you're around me, you can't change me, I will change you. So you see, it's the content of what you give your child that determines how they, how they live. You might get to a point in your life where your child is learning to you if you do the right thing early. Now, do we have any other questions? We have six minutes to go. Okay, I sorry, I missed the audio Bible talk. Please, which is the best and easier? Which is the best? Coach Adekomi, this is for you. Please, which is the best and easier audio Bible to get and where to get it for the kids? Um, now, the thing is that I have a lot of audio Bibles, eh? but what I recommend is that, you see, when an audio Bible, most of the other Bibles, they play one verse and they go to the next verse. But I recommend if a Bible, a Bible, audio Bible that can play at least one verse 10 times before going to the other verse 10 times again. You understand? Mm. So I have created my own audio Bible, part of it that um, plays a verse 10 times and a verse even 50 times before going to the next verse. So, but you know what? You can you can do with whatever you want. There are a lot of them in bookshops. There's the one called, there's very, a very good one by BBC um, Alexander Scobie. It's called um, Alexander Scobie Audio Bible or something like that. Oh, yeah. But that one is just one verse after the other. It doesn't repeat each verse. Yeah. You can repeat a chapter, but that, that, would, that would be, it's only repeats after the chapter has finished playing. So, you can get them at different stores. Are, I see them at a World Bible Sales Center in Alaka and others, other stores. Okay. All right. So, um, also Bible Sales Center in Alaka, you can get that Latana, all the all the very good stores, the Christian stores, and you can download it. I mean, sorry, you can, I'm sure you should be able to order it online or download it. Okay. All right. Also, somebody also mentioned you version. Yeah, I think I also, yeah, you version. But one of the things that we're going to do, we'll be working with Kuchni extensively because you know that God has given you some products that this world must, must, must receive. So work with him and develop some of those products and by the grace of God, push it out probably before the end of this quarter as God enables us because that was our decision to see how we can work with him since God has given him all of those things. We will work and then push it out. So please just join the WhatsApp group for all of those things. Uh, we have about four minutes left. 
Thank you so much for joining. I have to say this again. Thank you so much for joining. We're going to send the audio recording of this before the end of the week, before the week runs out. The first part, we'll pull it up again. But like we said, we'll put it in three sessions. Intro, coach, are they coming stuff, then question and answer. Do you have any other question or questions? I'm trying to look through. So what is your schedule like? Coach, are they coming? I think this is for you. What is your schedule like? Is it for the children of as parents? Yeah, okay. What, what what is my schedule like? Okay, my personal schedule. Well, it's a, a lot of 80% of my time is spent during during prayer, study, and meditation. 80% of my time is either prayer, study, or meditation. Let you know, myself and coach uh Adini Adikomi, the first time we spoke, I was just sharing with some of the things God has put in our hearts and one of the things we're going to work on is a one-year Bible training center for children where you can just drop your children and leave them for a month, two months, one year. And it will just, I will definitely, by that time, God will have given us enough resources to have him there for as long as he, as God enables us to have him. So one of the things we will do with him is create a center where you can drop your children. And I'm talking about children as young as seven. And I will tell you the reason why you shouldn't be afraid to drop them at seven. The youngest king in the Bible was Joash, and he was a king at seven. In the days of old, there's a, there's a, there's a particular big, um, entity called Sparta. The Spartans take the children, you give back to your child, and from age zero to six, the child is from seven to 20, the child is in the Spartan Academy. And it's said that the Spartan Army is one of the strongest in history. So we're going to have that center where you can just drop your children for a month three months one year the child is seven by the time he's eight he knows the whole bible that's the plan all right then any other question <laughs> Could you, i think of it is that you're self-employed right i think yes <laughs> yes i'm self-employed actually his real name is mr etiquette so his, his, his Gmail address is Mr. Etiquette Online, right? Mr. Etiquette yes, Online. Mr. Etiquette at, Online at yahoo.com. At yahoo.com, yeah. So he has a, an etiquette school, like a proper etiquette school, a media publishing school. But I have told him that God has a higher calling for him. Yeah, but he is self-employed. And he does training. So if you want to talk, contact him for training organizations, please just let us know. I would really want us to push this in the reaches of the earth. Any other question? We have one minute remaining. Please, once again, please let's join in on the WhatsApp group. Uh, we can still ask questions. What he would do is uh, he would I would, would crave his audience to answer those questions. He really is really, 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 really busy. I know what I'm talking about because once it's nine o'clock, we can't, we can't get him. He was telling us this morning that he didn't sleep until five because he was just spending time and study. So he's, we call him Coach Inspiration, really, in our organization. We call him Coach Inspiration because he's an inspiration to us all. Can we all say thank you to him? Can we all say thank you to him? I've permitted everybody. Next week, Monday. Can we all say thank you to him? And then... God bless you. God bless him. It's his nanny that refused to leave him. That one every day should make him exercise. <laughs> 
Thank you to our coaches. Yeah, hopefully. Thank you, thank you, coach. Thank you. Hello. Welcome to Kit Inspiring. Kit Inspiring is an organization with the sole aim to raise children as God. Our founding scripture is Daniel 1.17. As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. Our vision is to raise children as God, children in whom is the spirit of the only living God. Our mission would help raise children who would walk with the Holy Spirit to the works of Christ and execute the will of the Father as God on earth. So if you think your child is one to benefit from this, you take them from six, seven, and you're ready to apply depression, please feel free to join us on Instagram at Kit Inspiring TV, at Kit Inspiring, or on Facebook at Kit Inspiring Global. Thank you.